0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Father, we're thankful this morning for the name of Jesus. Thankful for my salvation today our redemption, cleansing, healing, restoration. All of it is because of that name, Jesus. So we've wrapped up Christmas this year, and wrapping up 2023 and moving towards this new year. Father, I pray for us as a people today that we will receive the fullness of the freshness of your spirit. As we look at coming into 2024 and knowing and having no confidence outside of you, Father, but the beauty that our full confidence is indeed because of Christ Jesus. I pray that this morning, this word that's been stirring in me for over a month, this song, Lord, that we're about to listen to, the power of the words, even as we read through Scripture and we see the apostles crying out, as Christ had ascended to your right hand, Father, and he had made his place once again, as an intercessor over his children. Lord, that we would indeed hear by the Spirit today as we prepare for this new year, that we'll not waste another day, another year, another opportunity to be about your business. So, whether we're crying out, come, Jesus, come, or we're faithfully going about the business of the Father, which is to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person we come in contact with, through our lives, through our actions, through our attitude, through our marriages, through our behavior that this year will be the most fruitful year we've ever experienced, that we will see thousands come to Christ. Because, Father, we know that that is your heart, to seek and to save those who are lost. So this morning, we open up our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit to hear. Speak to us today, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. You can be seated. I want you to listen to this song I've asked Steve and the worship team to prepare. I heard this six or seven weeks ago. I was in a time of worship down in St. Pete, Clearwater, and um, I'd had my morning devotions, and I was looking for something to worship with, and so I started uh, sifting through some songs, and came across this song, and it just came alive in my spirit. I wish I could sing it for you, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them do it. I'm going to go stand on the sidelines and sing it, but I, I have been singing this song over and over, listening to it, simply titled, Come, Jesus, Come. Listen to this word, and as you do, let it just prepare yourself for what Holy Spirit wants to say to you today. How many of you came expecting to hear something for yourself today? Not not for your spouse or anybody else, but for you. Came with your your, your, uh, withdrawal slip, and you're ready to receive something specific today for you. If you'll listen, I believe today you're going to be encouraged, maybe a little bit convicted, challenge for 2024. Guys, take it. Check my guys. So Father, I just pray over your word now. Thank you for your fresh anointing that every time we open up the word of God, it is life to our spirit. Today, Lord, as I speak this word that you've been stirring in me, I pray for an anointing to hear, an anointing to receive, an anointing to change in all of our lives as we prepare for 2024. Declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelations chapter 22, if you want to turn there. If not, you can look at the scripture above my head on the screen. Revelation chapter 22. And I want to read, you can read the whole chapter later, maybe this afternoon, but uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to just read these 5 6 verses beginning with verse 16 it says i jesus have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. These things are all the things that have been spoken in Revelation chapter 1 all the way up to Revelation chapter 22. So he's declaring that everything you've heard, uh, these testify to you about the things for the churches. He said, I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. Can I just tell you? You don't want that to happen in your life. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Now turn over to Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Acts chapter 1. So, Revelation, the writer John is recording all the words that he has seen and heard. Uh, He's speaking the the very words of life and comes to the end of this. And he cries out, come, come. Lord Jesus, and this morning I'm, I'm going to talk about the balance of having that in your heart, on your lips, the prayer, come Jesus, come. See, growing up in my denomination, we were very rapture-oriented. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So, so most folks either were uh, pre-trib Mid trib or post trip, my denomination, we were free. We're out of here. We're waiting at any moment for the rapture to take place. The rapture meaning the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And hear me, you need to believe and know in your heart Jesus is coming back, and He's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. Soon is a relevant word. I love how in the movie, the, in the series The Chosen, they use that term a lot. And Jesus kind of laughs every time that word soon is spoken. Because when, when you begin to talk in your connect group or your small group, your Bible study group, your prayer group, and you start talking about the second coming of Christ, the the return of Jesus Christ to the earth, so many folks get hung up on that word soon. Well, it's already been 2,000 years, as though 2,000 years were a lot of years. Come on, somebody. See, when, when, when he does come, or when you enter into the kingdom of heaven through the door of death, you're going one way or the other. A thousand years will be nothing. (laughs) You can't comprehend it. Don't try to convince anybody that you can comprehend how long, how amazing, how wonderful being in the presence of Father God forever. You can't imagine that. As you battle through life and you battle through stomach issues and headaches and and marital issues and financial problems and everything sometimes seems, even as Steve talked about, overwhelming in your life. The idea that you can be free of all of that. Come on, somebody. The other night, last week, we were... Um, after celebrating Christmas with our tribe and finally getting them to go home. Man, I don't know about your Christmas Day. Thank God the weathermen missed it, right? They were predicting 100% thunderstorms all afternoon. And as the house got louder and louder, I was saying, Lord Jesus, part the skies. Let the (laughs) the sun come out. Get my kids outside. And and, uh, sure enough, somebody yelled, the sun's coming out. It didn't come out long, but it came out long enough to, to uh, get the kids outside. But later on in the evening as they all had left and Suzanne and I were getting ready for bed and I was closing the blinds in our bathroom and I looked out through the trees and, and I thought, did, did, did a clay electric put a, a new uh, uh, light out in my backyard? It, it was just like a spotlight coming through the trees. Of course, you know me, I love the moon. So I yell, honey, <laughs> come here. <laughs> she loves the moon. She just would prefer it to be behind the clouds so she can sleep because she just, she, she just is absolutely convinced if there's a full moon, she can't stay asleep. I said, baby, I hate to tell you, but the Lord is just blessing me tonight with a full moon. She said, oh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> But, man, was it just shining through bright and just speaking of the goodness of God. And then did any of you guys see that rainbow a day or two? Oh, yeah. Come on, somebody. I wish I had them throw the picture up, the rainbow over Gainesville. Wow. It was stunning. It was like, it was like an artist had just painted that right above the skies. There are so many things in this world that speak about the beauty of the presence of God, and it gives us just a little glimmer of what it might be like in the presence of Jesus forever. Just a little bit, because we can't, we can't even comprehend the magnitude we were. I was with someone yesterday and who had lost, um, they had lost the man and woman was having dinner with Suzanne and I and Suzette and Kirk, and they were telling us of when they went through the loss of all four of their parents in 10 months' time. And, and their parents were all young in their 50s, late 50s and early 60s. Four, two dads and two moms in 10 months had not been sick, and they were gone and they were sharing with us the pain of that loss and 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 how holy spirit ha- had to step in and and bring healing in their heart and their spirit their minds they they had to be refreshed of the goodness of god and it it was through all of that that they came to a full salvation experience and put their hope and their trust in jesus and and Everybody in this room has gone through some kind of suffering at some point and, and you have to lean back on the goodness of God. And in those times, you, you can see yourself crying out, come, Jesus, come. Over this last couple of years, Suzanne and I have, times, have had times when we would be sitting in a hospital room or in a clinic or waiting for a treatment and we would begin to talk and we would talk about how when we were younger, we, we never prayed those kind of prayers. We never, we never said, Lord, you can come right now. There's nothing else left we need to accomplish. You can come now. And it's okay to pray those kind of prayers as long as after you pray them, we get up and get about the Father's business. Come on, more than 10 of you say amen to that (laughs) because I'm going to share it with you right here. Acts chapter 1, listen to this, verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus, this is Luke uh, writing this, all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given command through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Can I just pause there for a moment and plug in? If you have not yet received the Holy Spirit since you were saved, you need to invite the Holy Spirit of God to come in and to have full reign in your life, in your mind, in your spirit, and in your body, because you were not created to make it alone without the Holy Spirit. If the disciples who walked with Jesus for three years and experienced all the amazing miracles of God needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do you and I need the Holy Spirit today? And the Holy Spirit didn't come just to visit you, knock on the door on Sunday morning. He came to reside within you, to live within you so that you would be empowered to be about what I'm about to read to you, to be about the Father's business. Verse, where did I stop? Five. And while, verse five, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, same thing we're asking today and same thing the prophets, so many of them today, they are saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons, that the Father has fixed by his own authority. In other words, what Jesus is saying to his disciples here, don't get hung up on things you ought not to get hung up on. Amen. Number one, I'm coming back. Number two, until I come back, get busy about the Father's business. Hear me. That's not for the preachers, the teachers, the evangelists, the apostles or the prophets alone, that's for every person that has received Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. Can you say amen to that? That's for all of us. We can't point fingers and say, Well, preacher, I'll be back here next Sunday, and you make sure you have a good word. And matter of fact, won't you get a few people saved before you come back next week? The guy on stage or the woman on stage is not our hirelings. They're simply here to Bring the word so that we can be built up, edified, strengthened for the work of the ministry. What is that work? Here it is. But you will receive power, verse 8, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. In 2023 slash 2024, we have to know and understand the balance of what Jesus is calling us as his church to be, to walk out, to live out, and to fulfill. Number one, there's two main points I want to share with you this morning. I'm not going to be long. Number one is the desire and belief that Jesus is coming back for his church, his bride. And we need to believe that he is going to do what he said he was going to do. That's why we can sing a song like we sang, come, Jesus come, and believe in our heart, hope in our heart, want to see. I I am believing that I'm gonna get to live and see the second coming of Jesus Christ. And if you're not believing that for yourself, why not? Don't let 2,000 years. See, when Paul wrote most of the epistles, he believed that Jesus was going to return in his lifetime. Peter believed that Jesus would be coming back before he was going to be hung on a tree upside down. The disciples believed And many that have gone before us have believed. You say, well, then, Pastor, why should I believe? Shouldn't we just, you know, be about our business and just whatever it is, it's going to be? No. I believe we are to have that heart to cry out, come, Jesus, come. In my lifetime, Lord, there's nothing left that I need to accomplish or do unless you give me the grace to wake up tomorrow. And then I'm going to be busy about your business. See, The angel of the Lord said to the disciples, why are you looking up when you need to be looking forward to what he has for you? Say, that almost sounds contradictory, Pastor. You're telling us to believe for his coming, ask him to come, can't wait till he comes, but at the same time, we don't need to be gazing up. We need to be gazing out. What is it that you're called to do? What is it that you, as a believer, are called to be about? Say, well, I'm a businessman. Then be about the business of business. I'm a doctor. Then go doctor some folks. I'm a lawyer. Then go give some good advice. I'm a banker. Give me some money. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you is, you is. Be faithful to it. But don't let Don't allow that to be who you are. Say, well, I'm a banker, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, I'm I'm a builder, I'm a salesperson, I'm a retail person. No, those are the things you do to make a living. That's not who you are. Somebody say amen to that. It's not who you are. You are the redeemed of the Lord. God has you here for a purpose and a reason. He's got something he wants you to do that no other believer is called to do. Some of you don't believe that. But there's something in someone you're called to reach and touch that I'll never be able to reach or touch. The other day, my brother-in-law and I and my son, Luke, uh, foolishly went out to play golf in 25-mile-an-hour winds <laughs> that were 40 degrees, and I got my first-ever fever blister right there. I have never had one in my entire life until I tried to play golf for 18 holes, shivering, and I had five layers of clothes. Like I, man, it was cold. But right before we were going to tee off, this young man asked, hey, y'all have a fourth. And our fourth was smarter than we three. And he belled out. He was from St. Augustine. He was going to come over and and uh, he belled. So we said, yeah, we, we uh, you can play with us. Well, he's wearing a FSU hat. <laughs> I'm wearing a gator hat. And we laughed, shake hands and And uh, over the course of the 18 holes, uh, we had conversations. And right before we left, I said, dude, I am so sorry y'all got left out by the committee. But, but, I think I'm gonna be feeling sorry for y'all by the end of the first quarter. He said, well, I think it's gonna be bad, but I don't think it's gonna be that bad. It was that bad. Because the difference was FSU, half of their best players bailed when they didn't get to play for a championship. They wussed out. With Georgia, and I don't like Georgia either. <laughs> they don't like us either. <laughs> but they came to play. And, and, and almost their entire team came back for this game the difference between what it meant to one team and what it meant to the other. And to be honest, I really like the coach for FSU. He's a good guy, he's a good coach. And I felt sorry for him. I mean, because you're doing your best, but when your talent level, you know, when you got high school playing against college, the, the talent level is just, you're gonna get whipped by 60 points. And the game's gonna be over by halftime. But, but Georgia showed up. We as believers are called to show up. We're called to show up. Doesn't matter what's going on around us. Doesn't matter what's happening. Are we going to show up? I asked the young man with the FSU hat on, and he was a really nice young man. Single guy, 36, I think, years old, and I asked him, "What do you do for a living?" And he said, "Well, I'm a professional caddy," and I thought, "Oh, goodness gracious!" So he, <laughs> and, and 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 sure enough, I mean, he 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 played like he had had a few lessons, and uh, there was his score, and then there was our score. <laughs> but he was gracious with us, and. Uh, but he never asked me what we did. I was good with that. But I had, some, I had some worship music blaring on my little stereo. And he went from S and this and D and that and you know, just the words that come out of unbelievers' mouths. Doesn't offend me. But I noticed after a couple of holes, his language changed. How come that happened? We didn't say anything. I didn't say, dude, that really offends me. Because it didn't. It's how you and I talked. Well, it's how y'all talked. I I never cuss. (laughs) Even when I wasn't saved, I promise you. The only cuss words I've ever heard, y'all have heard them because I say them from the pulpit. (laughs) It's the only time I've ever cussed was from the pulpit. (laughs) But but it doesn't offend because it, it's the nature of someone who is empty. Yeah. And he was in a conversation with Luke about maybe thinking about going out to Las Vegas and, you know, maybe caddying out there and playing a lot of golf out there and doing whatever he does to make a living while he's doing whatever he does. And, and, uh, but but the, the, the reality of what we're called to do is just to be a light, And if there's an opportunity to open your mouth and speak a word, then you open your mouth and speak a word. If it's only an opportunity for you to let your actions speak for you, then you let your actions speak for you. Because between myself, Luke, and my brother-in-law, Kurt, we hit enough bad shots to say a few S words. (laughs) But the idea that I'm going to speak like that just because I hit a bad shot, then I should quit golf. Right. I mean, if I if I got a cusp to let out frustration, then why am I playing golf? I mean, I got enough frustration in my life, <laughs> but I love the game, and and, and you're going to make some bad shots. I mean, I've I enough of a professional golf to go when I hit a bad shot, no big deal, because those guys hit a thousand balls a day and make. Matter of fact, my brother-in-law said the other day, he said, hey, do you hear John Rom went to Live Golf? I said, no, you got to be kidding. He said, well, they gave him $400 million. Not to win the tournament, just to come and to lead the PGA. You think our world's not out of whack? $400 million just to play with the Live Tournament instead of the PGA Tournament. How many of y'all think that's a lot of money? That, that's a... That's a lot of money. I might even go play for live for for 400 million. I mean not 100 million, I'm not going to, you know, but 400 million. It's like you don't even have to win anything, just just show up. Play 3 days instead of 4. You get an extra day at home. I mean there's a there's a lot of perks. Just don't ask me my personal opinion about it. So but but we have to come to that place where when the Lord opens the door for us. We're ready to bring this word that we've been called to bring. And we're faithful for how long? Until Jesus returns or I enter into heaven through the door of death. And as a believer, you don't have to fear that. That's not something you have to sit around going, oh, you know, I, 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 I. no, we're all getting older, older. My daughter-in-law, Steph, and my son, Nathan, today's their anniversary, so I, w- I congratulated them on 19 years of marriage. Well, they've been married 18 today. It's, but 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 Luke writes and says, I don't think that's right. I think it's 18. Well, I can't remember. Andrew and Jess got married first. I, I thought they had already celebrated their 19th. Jess jumps in on the family thing. No, no, we celebrate 18, so that means Nathan and Steph are 18. So, But the reality is, we're all getting older because yesterday I married all these kids. I mean, we did 41 weddings in a year and a half. And 30 of those couples or more are still in this church today with 100-plus children. Come on, somebody. you got to grow your church one way or the other. I even see Jonathan and Shannon here. Oh, and Bob and Corey there, too. Hi, guys. It's about time y'all came home to visit me. I mean, your mom and dad. It's good to see these guys, Pastor Ed and Karen's kids, and uh, having a late Christmas. And, uh, but, but a lot of couples with a lot of kids, with a lot of purpose and reason to be about the father's business. You weren't, you weren't just married to each other over, over our Christmas morning as we sat in front of the uh, fireplace getting ready to let the kids open their presents. Suzanne and I shared a little bit and she shared about her mom experience with coming to Christ, being raised in a home where neither one of her parents were even Christians up in northern Louisiana and how her uh, mom as a little girl, eight, nine years old, would literally get up on Sunday morning, get dressed and walk to church by herself because she had this hunger, something inside of her. She wanted to know about God. And because of that experience and coming to salvation, her mom and dad, her, Suzanne's grandparents, ultimately were wonderfully saved as well. And and she's talking about the impact that that had on her life and her two sisters and her brother who all walk with Jesus and almost all of their kids uh, are walking with the Lord today, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren walking with the Lord today. And so then I shared just briefly about some of my, my story through my dad and mom and, and, and my grandkids' eyes got this big. And some of them, you know, they're like, Baba, I got a question, I was like, ask your mom about that. So, so I'm just telling a little bit about my mom and dad, and, and you know, many, most of y'all have heard much of, of my dysfunctional family story, and, and my parents married and divorced each other three times, and my dad married twice again after that, found out later in life that mom had been married before she ever married my dad. She married my dad at 19, so she, was, she had already been married and divorced at 19, and, and yet all of this craziness of their stories ultimately came to a place where salvation in my life. And had I not gotten saved, the whole point we were trying to share with our grandkids was the significance of each of our stories because had Suzanne's parents not, mom not got saved and had my parents not got me into church and I had an experience with Christ at eight years of age, I would have not been saved. And had I not been saved, I wouldn't have left high school a year early. And had I not left a year early and gone to this particular college, I wouldn't have met Suzanne. And had I not met Suzanne, we wouldn't be married. The kids wouldn't be here. They wouldn't exist. This church wouldn't exist. Your marriage is 41 couples that I perform weddings that met in this church in, co- in college ministry would have never got married. Imagine it's a wonderful, life. It's a wonderful <laughs> hear me it's a wonderful life you live. So I'm up here telling my story but your story is every bit as important as mine because one day your children's children are going to look back and they're going to start telling their story Because they're going to be, that's why I say to couples, you don't just uproot and, and, and move off somewhere because somebody offered you more pay. You better find out where God wants you because your children's children's children will determine the blessings of God in their life or they will miss the blessing of God if you miss God. We need to know where we're supposed to be because of the relationships that come out of that. 2 Peter chapter 3, I'm going to wrap up with this. So, Steve, come on back up here, please. 2 Peter, I'm reading quite a few verses here, uh, 13 verses. Peter's writing, and he said, Now, this is the second letter that I'm writing to you. In both of them, listen to this, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, Listen to this. And, and as I read this, think about the day and the hour that we're living in, not 2,000 years ago, today, and see if it doesn't sound very familiar to the day of 2023. Knowing there's first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, "Where is the promise of his coming?" But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is what? As a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. in which righteousness dwells so my prayer today come Jesus but if I'm praying that prayer I'm praying in faith and trust and belief that all my family is going to be right with God my children and my children's children your children and your children's children If we're really coming to that place where we're saying, Lord, we're we're hastening the day of your second coming. We're believing, we're hoping, we're waiting. we also then need to understand the significance of the importance. Especially, can I speak to all the men in the house for a moment? Get your hands out of your pockets during worship. Or else look around and watch your sons that are mimicking you as they stand there with no expression and no passion for worship because they're watching daddy. I love you men, hear me. We cannot just hope that one day they're gonna get it. This is the day. I'm believing for all my children's children to be passionate about the things of God, desiring to know him and to find out what is it that he wants me to do with my life. Every young man in this place, every boy, every teenage boy, every teenage girl, God has a purpose and plan for your life if you don't miss it. But if you miss it, hear me, there will be consequences to not being right with Jesus when Jesus comes. There won't be time for a mulligan There won't be a do-over. We have to live believing that this is the day of the Lord. This is the day of salvation. This is the day when I need to be fully all in for Jesus Christ. Because we never know when our life on this earth is over. Hear me. I'm not into hellfire and damnation and scaring the hell out of people to try to get them right with God. I grew up in that stuff. It doesn't work. When I came to Jesus at eight years of age, something inside of me hungered to know God. And I ran to an altar and cried out and asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins, not because I was just afraid of hell, but because I wanted to be right with the one who had already made things right with me. Jesus has done everything he can do for you and your children. And now it's up to us. We're anointed as dads to lead our homes, to lead our families, lead them in worship, lead them in prayer, lead them in the house of God so that the house of God is their favorite place in the world, not Disney World. Not Sea World. Not Bush Gardens, the house of God. Is it possible? Can the house of God compete with Disney and their perversion? Jesus loves our children. I'm believing for 2024 to be a year of an outpouring of his presence among the youth of our house. They don't have to go run off to another church. They need to run to God in their house. They need to fully experience from an early age to know Jesus, to hunger and thirst, to love the house of God, to love worship, to learn how to love the Word of God So we can pray, come, come Jesus, come, come today in my life personally. Anything inside of me that is not right, Holy Spirit, I invite you, bring that conviction so I can get it right, so I can get cleaned and get my mind purified, get my mind right, so that can be full so that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what your battle is, no matter what you're dealing with, that you don't let cancer become an excuse, you don't let a bad marriage become an excuse, you don't let your children become an excuse, but you literally, for your own personal life, Lord, come in my life today. Fresh and new, cleanse me, wash me, redeem me, restore me, so that I can turn and lead my children and my children's children in the way of righteousness. Would you bow your heads, please? I'm gonna invite the ministry team to come up here in a moment, but before we do, I want these guys just to sing through this second course of this song again. Invite you to just close yourself in to you Invite Holy Spirit right now. Fresh Holy Spirit in me. Be glorified. Whatever needs cleansing, changing in me. Jesus, I invite you. I invite your presence so that we can be clean in Christ. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.